0: Hey guys, welcome to this week's Money and Investing show. This week we're going to look at five stocks to potentially include in your portfolio if you're looking for something defensive and plus a wildcard too. Let me be really clear, this is not a tip sheet, it's not saying buy now and there's certainly no financial advice in this. We're sharing our view of these stocks and give you an idea of how those views are created and the importance of being able to trade it. You're going to take a lot out of this, make sure you get your notepad and I'll look forward to seeing you on the show. Hey there guys, welcome to this week's Money & Investing Show with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and as always, my faithful slider,
1: Mr. Mitchell Orential And faithful, I will be listening in today, Mr. B, because I've got a very, very important question for you want to know about your top five stocks for 2021. <laughs> Anyone who's a stock investor or likes to trade the financial markets, listen up here because I guarantee there's going to be some nice information out of what you have for us.
0: Mm. Well, look, it's pretty hard for me to get down to just five stocks. I like to trade a, a, a wider range than that. But how about I give you, how about a handful of more defensive type stocks to consider for the back end of the year, going through US presidential cycle in the
1: early part of the new year? How about that? Absolutely. That sounds like a great plan. And I think, you know, volatility is on the rise in the market into Mm. that presidential election coming into Christmas. There's plenty going on in the economy. Plenty (laughs) to cover. Uh, But top five defensive stocks for AB. Here we go.
0: Okay. Well, gee, great question. I've got, I'll put five up on the board and we can maybe explore them
1: uh, in
0: uh, in no particular order. So how about Amcor? Amcor. Ansel. Ansel. Horizon. Yeah. Brambles. And Coles. And Coles, you got it. There you go. I didn't get much further in the alphabet. I kept them out, otherwise it'd be top top 50 stocks for the...
1: I must yeah. say I'm fairly familiar with some of those companies. Ansel in particular, I do know quite well.
0: Yeah, you probably wear rubber gloves a lot when you're doing the washing up at home, all I'm the time, guessing. All the time, <laughs> We'll get into their product range shortly, I'm sure.
1: Sure, okay, well look, I guess that's the first question is you pick defensive stocks mm. obviously for a reason. Yep. However, the talk of the town has been momentum stocks. Mm. So Afterpay, for example, yep. great example. Why defensive value stocks versus momentum?
0: Look, we could talk to those as well. I think for a lot of people that are new to investing, dipping a toe in somewhere that perhaps is potentially a safer place to play uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, and don't get me wrong. i would probably be the worst person to talk about afterpay. I think I caught it at thirty-five dollars, saying that's so it. It's done. <laughs> it's at one hundred and five dollars today. So uh, what would I know? Um, and uh, you know, we've got our opinions on that. So look, clearly there are stocks that that are those sort of momentum type stocks, which um, yeah, they, they, they've um, yeah they've they've had a pretty good run in this sure. market, and the tech sector in particular has led that. Um, I wanted to peel it back a little bit, so because you know it's always hard when we record this. We do about the stocks where they're at today. Am I recommending to buy them today? No, I'm not i'm just trying to share some ideas behind at this particular juncture in markets why we like those sorts of stocks and what about them we like because you know making money is important but it's not just about making money it's making in a way that's consistent with what your methodology might be and and in a way that is not going to scare you by taking you into the unknown of very leveraged or geared stocks that are either speculative or have got the capacity to move in a very, very volatile way and unseat you and destroy your confidence. Investing is about confidence.
1: Absolutely, it's mm. very, very important. And it's funny that you mentioned that because take Brambles, for example, that's a defensive stock that mm. you've mentioned is one of your favorites. Yes. We've got a geared position out as a recommendation here this morning. So you can trade those in that fashion if you like.
0: You certainly can and I mean, Brambles has been, you know, I've traded Brambles on and off for 20 years and, and, and look, you know, think about what its business is, pallets. It's not particularly sexy, <laughs> um, but it's a pretty decent business, and right now it's in a pretty oversold position too. Sure. Um, and so you're right, we've, we've approached it that it is a fairly solid business, and I guess the whole tenor uh, of the 4 or 5 stocks we'll run through today is that as businesses, they produce great cash flow and profit, which is something Afterpay certainly doesn't do. Sure. Uh, it's a non-profit It's not a non-for-profit business but it's not banking a profit right now because it's an expansion mode and there are plenty other world leading companies netflix and tesla will be two examples of businesses that don't bank profits either yet they're multiple hundreds of dollars per share so you know it's not just about the the profitability of the business it's the growth story in the case of brambles you've got a very defensive business stuff gets moved around the world it all gets moved on pallets and that 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 easy transport system that they have, so very defensive business, pumps out cash, and uh, at its current current levels, I don't like buying stocks that are oversold and buying them because they're cheap. Yeah, that's a very fundamental way of doing things. Sure. Um, I, I like the technicals on that chart. It looks like it's going to uh, you know, put on some weight over the next little while, and by then identifying the stock and then over the top of that, providing a way of some fairly low risk leverage. Uh, for our clients, we've got the way of getting you know, a leveraged exposure, and that's got the potential to be a you know, 50 60 70% trade if it moves in the right way. You're not going to do that just on the stock. It's not the kind of stock that does that, but by using it as an underlying and then sprinkling some of the jiggery poker in the options market that we use, that's how we'll get that return from. And that's where we get our kicks out of. Oh, certainly. Is. So, yeah, Brambles love it. Been trading forever
1: sure okay well let's jump on then let's go to amcor mm. amc tell us about that and why you like Look, it
0: they're not dissimilar businesses albeit that yeah, brambles is pallets and moving stuff around and amcor is is, is paper and packaging primarily sure. and again when there's stuff being moved around it comes wrapped and yeah i've just um as you know i've been on building and so the amount of stuff and what it comes wrapped in is just astronomical harvey norman yeah bumper three months bumper three months before that people are spending it needs to be Bulked up, wrapped up and then moved around. So I like Amcor's business for those reasons. Amcor's an interesting business too because it's domiciled in the UK, um, but obviously it trades here and is listed on the uh, the ASX too. been around for an awful long time. It can be a competitive space to be in. Um, But again, it's one of those businesses that continues to push profit out the door, rain, hail or shine. And so from a defensive perspective, as something that you slip into your portfolio, I don't mind the look of it at all. And and, and look, yeah, it's it's at a reasonable run it has as brambles, so I'm not saying buy it today. Uh, but you know if you're looking to hold on to something in your portfolio that's robust and profitable. That's a pretty defensive place to look
1: and we've actually had some pretty good results here on amcol we've traded probably two or three covered calls in the mm. last three months Yep, all been exercised for max profit so yeah it's a gift that keeps on giving for us it
0: is it's a great cash flow stock and the underlying you're working with this really lends itself to our strategy i suppose yeah
1: all right well let's talk transport let's stay on that topic azj tell mm. us what you like about that stock
0: horizon is probably the dullest business you could ever think <laughs> about um Dollar's good sometimes. Um, it's the old Queensland rail business. And if you look at the chart, anyone looking at the chart going, you know, these guys smoked the front lawn before they came on and did this broadcast. They know like, we haven't. You know, it's down on its haunches. It's been hit pretty hard. Um, you know, it got hit through COVID, had a recovery, and it sagged back down to those sure. lows. And again, you know, it's a, a business that's reasonably consistent with its profitability. You know, it's not an exciting business. And what we've got, 40% plus of our stuff gets moved around by rail. So it's kind of assured That it's going to have business there. Uh, And again, great dividend payer, and I don't typically invest for dividends. In fact, um, stocks that are typically good dividend stocks don't always lend themselves well for cash on demand and covered calls because the volatility is not that exciting. And and the possible income play that we normally try to generate from options isn't necessarily there. But again, as a defensive type holding, um, you know, that's got the ability to. To have the cash flow to pay a reliable dividend for super investors, for example, I think it's uh, uh, and all of those stocks that we've talked of meet that criteria and uh, will be a pretty safe place to play. Uh, and it's 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 cheap. It's it's exceptional it value at the moment. I mean, you look at the chart; it's a dreadful looking chart. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there's
1: there's value in that. Sometimes that's good. But sometimes you look at a dreadful chart and then the bounce comes up mm, and it's great times. Yeah. But uh, look, moving on now, let's go to Ansel, A-double-N. We mentioned this one before, one that I'm f- familiar with. Mm. So
0: what are awesome. you trying to say here, Mitch? Let's put you on the spot.
1: Well, look, I, I like, tend to do a lot of operations inside the household, in the kitchen, in <laughs> the couch, various other, other, other places. So typically, having rubber available is very, very important to me. <laughs> well done, mate. You, did well. you didn't You did even blush.
0: <laughs> Hope your mum and dad are watching this one. <laughs> um, so they should. <laughs> so Ansel, I mean, this is a business done particularly well through through the uh, health crisis that we've been through, yeah, it's 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 primary stable of products. People always talk about condoms, but you know, disposable gloves uh, are, are a big thing in its business, and and masks and plenty of other protective gear as well. And again, as a result, you know, and out of all the stocks that we've talked of so far, it's probably got the best looking chart insofar as it's already had quite a decent run up. Um, but that reliability on, on on medical products is is very much front and center at the moment. Government spending money at it, uh, not just here in Australia but globally, and, and it's a very very well positioned business for that. And again, yeah, that's a stock I've traded many, many, many times over the years. It's uh, it's, um, it's it's got a quality stable of products. Uh, went on an interesting acquisition pathway. I'll tell you this uh, back in the. Mid two thousands, where it started to actually buy up various condom manufacturers from around the world. Okay. I remember one particular company it bought it was called Blowtex. I always remember that. I don't know why, but <laughs> that's, uh, that's what it was. I wonder so, why you remember that. I, it was, I remember using that one on stage live in front of about ten thousand people. At a, at a, did you get a good laugh? It, it did. Yeah, it was at a Tony Robbins event, and they they seem to sit well with people. So uh, there we go. And that's probably why I remember it. But <laughs> yeah, getting back to the business itself, um, you yeah, you can option it, uh, which again is good cash flow strategy, but it's one of those portfolio stocks that you probably don't think of. Yep. Yeah, it's not one of the immediate ones that you, spring, you know, that springs to mind when you talk about large cap ASX businesses, but yeah, it's a pretty solid business.
1: It's funny you say that because Ansel, as much as it's the, it's a defensive stock, it's mm. also one of the better performing stocks on the ASX right now. So we've mm. got plenty of clients that have got. Their portfolio with put options and also in stock around that business, yeah. which is great. Yeah,
0: absolutely, and uh, that's exactly the way to play, it. especially after the run it's had. They'll be putting some risk management on, absolutely. Uh, but I think it's got it's got further legs on it for sure.
1: Cool. All right. Last but not least, Coles COL. We all know and love this business. We probably go there two or three times a week. Tell us why you like it.
0: Well, Coal is an interesting one, I mean obviously it's been spun back out of West Farmers now, so it's kind of a standalone business which makes understanding its goings-on a lot easier than trying to get your head around West Farmers to company, West Farmers too. Um, but it's a clean Um, grocery business and you know with lockdown people are spending more on groceries if you look at the average receipt week in and week out people are spending more on groceries than they have done for an awful long time Uh, and that's because you can't go anywhere or if you can can we go can we have a group of eight six you know we've got grand final weekend you know we're getting together we're going to have a platter at home yeah Yeah, and so people are doing that and instead you know they're, they're, they're having meals at home which has been a boom for both Coles and Woolworths I think where Coles has done especially well in there um you know the um The way that the supermarkets across the board actually have handled, um, or at least from a perception point of view have handled how seriously they're taking you know healthcare for their clients yeah you, know, you think about the sanitizer and things like that to swab the trolleys down before you go in and prior to more recent weeks we were seeing staff members do that um, and I think the supermarkets have realized quite quickly there is an additional cost associated with running a business sure. in the COVID world less people in the shop more costs on, on them may seem you know this box of hand sanitizer or it shouldn't be that expensive but when it's thousands and thousands every single day it does impact on your margins to absolutely putting up plastic screens to protect staff all all of the nuts and bolts that they've had to put in from a stealth welfare and client welfare point of view um, you know it probably pinched on margin a little bit but I think they're through that kind of expense and we've got Christmas of course coming upon us and uh, you know no one's going to be travelling for Christmas that uh, delightful uh, trip to the snow whether you're going up to the northern hemisphere whether it's Europe Japan, North America you ain't going to be doing that this Christmas Uh, so it's going to be Christmas at home and what are you going to do probably drown your sorrows and sit there with a nice turkey and a ham on your table and uh, that's likely to come from one of the derivatives of Coles and its various brands around there, or indeed Woolies for that and,
1: matter. It makes total sense. Mm. People are going to be here in Australia celebrating Christmas, yeah, but yeah. they're also going to be at home. I mean, Victoria is so unlikely to come out of lockdown down there in Danistan, as we know. Mm. Mm. They're going to be at home and literally at home when they're yeah. eating their Christmas lunch or dinner.
0: Yeah, that's a very, very high probability. And you know we feel for our clients down there. I mean, it's a, a dreadful scenario. Uh, and let's hope it's something that comes to the fore, and yeah, and the knock-on effect, of course, is on business down there too. Um, but no, coal's well positioned in that regard, and uh, yeah, supermarkets again, they're not a sexy business, and so none of these stocks are particularly sexy. No. There's no glamour story behind them, but they're good, profitable, solid superannuation-type businesses uh, that have got the ability to put on weight going into a seasonal move for the back end of the year, and hence why it'd be one of my picks in terms of a handful of more defensive. Uh, type stocks to whack in your portfolio.
1: All right, well let's flip this on its head then. What I need from you AB is a wild card. What have you got a wild card? Something sort of left field, a little bit different, maybe momentum, growth, value, whatever it may be. What have you got for us?
0: It's interesting because out of, out of, out of the stocks we talk about, I've got a couple of those in my portfolio at the moment. Um, and I've got, uh, uh, it's not a Jekyll and Hyde portfolio, but they represent as a, a portion of what I'm doing, what I've just talked of. And that's very important from an integrity point of view for our clients and listeners on this to know that we're not just sitting here coming up with, here's a story. Yeah, we back it with dollars and our Absolutely. own dollars as well as clients. Um, outside of that more defensive sliver, slice, chunk uh, <laughs> portion of my portfolio, um, there's some pretty aggressive growth stuff in there as well. What have you got? Um, Yeah, I've got a volatility trade on ahead of the US election um, on the VIX VIX, uh, using derivatives on that. And I mean, that's paid handsomely already and it's likely to continue to do so. It's a week in, we're up 20% on that. Happy days. That's how that trade should have worked. Um, There are a couple of others in there too. um, and, And the one I want to share with you is a wild card. Um, is cyber security.
1: Cyber security. Mm.
0: Go back to the VIX trade for a minute, right? The reason we, uh, that I'm in that trade, and, and, and this is very, very important for our listeners to understand, if you have a view, you need to follow through with action and take it. Trade it. So if you felt Afterpay is the best company in the world, you should have bought it and you should have held on to it. Okay, I didn't have that view, I was wrong, but I made some money from it. But I'm out and I I could have made way more if I'd have stayed in it. But if I'd never traded it, or if you believe it's got a long term growth trajectory as it's going right now and you sold out early, you'd never live with yourself. In the same way, my view is markets were going to be more volatile in the run up to the US presidential election. And so if I hadn't traded that view, and that view proved to be right, which clearly it is, I'd be kicking myself, going, why didn't you follow through? And then you start to live in your head and get some self-doubt, which from an investor or trader's point of view is a nightmare because that's a really hard fix. If you start not doing what you know you should, you've got to try and unpack
1: what's gone wrong there. I remember you said that to me. I Mm. I reckon it would have been week one. You said, Mitch, you'd rather be in a trade than wishing you're in one. It's the exact same situation.
0: Exactly right. So... As a business, we're just going through, as most companies are, we've been in an online world pretty much for the most, the vast majority of this year now. And so one of the things that's come to the fore is that need and requirement for cybersecurity. There's a lot of malware out there where people come into your system, sabotage it, hold you ransom, lock you out. All this sort of stuff is going on, and the instance of it is increasing rapidly. So we're just in the middle of a reasonable spend on on, on upgrading everything in that era. I'm sitting there when I'm listening to our IT team talk through um, you know, what we've got to do and thinking, well, that makes sense from an investment perspective because we as a business, there, there are millions of businesses out there that will be having this conversation too. So where do you go to get exposure to it? So it's, it's my wild cut. I've milked this for as long as you I can know, until this. the, the build up to it. it. Um, as an exchange traded fund, there are plenty of ways of trading cybersecurity. This just happens to be an ETF, an exchange traded fund. It's listed on the NASDAQ CIBR. Now, if you look at it, um, it's had a very, very good run-up to about $38. It's come off there. I'm expecting to see it probably come back to about maybe $30, maybe $34, somewhere in that sort of range to have another crack at it. Uh, Golden fingerprint setup would work perfectly on that one, which it's already worked on that particular uh, instance. Um, But find your own trade in that space. Have a look in cybersecurity and see what you can be investing in because right now um, it's a very topical thing and is likely to continue to be as the world remains online even after lockdown I think that the norm has been set where things are online and as a business it's probably never been more important to protect yourself from that. So that's my wild card in there Thank for you. you,
1: it makes total sense. As mm. the true fundamentalist slash economist that you are, it makes mm. total sense. And I think all of your you know, analysis and why you like these stocks makes total sense in the current environment. Mm. And I guess as we come to the end of the broadcast, AB, we've given five defensive stocks that we like, mm. and then also one wild card. Yep. What's your, because they're your stocks, mm. and that's not, that's your story. So for mm. anyone who's a, a listener out there who's mm. got their own story, what is your advice?
0: Trade your story. You have to believe in your story. Um, you know, and putting a caveat on that, you probably want to know what you're talking about before you <laughs> create a story. Um, you know, we've had clients in the past that have come in about, they're fixated with a stock and it's going to be a thousand percent gain this week. It never happens and so on. But if you have a view on something, I can't encourage you enough to trade that view because, you know, better to do it and review it and go, that wasn't the best idea than live with regret of not doing it. Sure. You know, that missed opportunity really is a huge hole psychologically in investors. You know, if you had your time over again and someone said, after pay it five bucks, load up, don't sell, keep in it. Buy some more when it drops back to $8, something, it's gonna go out of business. Boom, and it went. If that was your view, you have to trade that. If you had that view and didn't do it, You'd be feeling pig sick right now. And that sort of, um, that, that psychological baggage is incredibly damaging because you start to live in your head, self-examinate, and you start to uh, delay your decisions, uh, become very, very indecisive in case you get it wrong again, not a place to go. As I said, right at the start of the year when we started our podcast, personally, <laughs> I'd rather be in a trade managing it than on the sidelines wishing I was in it. And so, uh, you know, if you've got a view on something, follow it through and do it. Don't take a big position, especially if you're learning. Just dip a toe and build your confidence up and you'll never look back.
1: Great, great advice. And I guess the last part of this broadcast is if you want to learn how to actually develop a view, because that seems to be the fundamental reasoning behind that, yep. where do you go? Look,
0: check us out, australianinvestmenteducation.com.au. This is what we specialize in, is teaching this stuff, as well as risk management, as well as income around it. It's a pretty comprehensive program that we have to help people do that. Um, but yeah, you gotta have a view, you gotta have the right view, and you gotta trade it.
1: You heard it here first, AB's top five picks for 2021 and the wild card in there being CIBR. <laughs> Thanks very much, Mr. B. Absolute pleasure and plenty of information out there for the viewers. My pleasure, Mitch, anytime.
0: Well, there you have it, guys. Let's see how those trades pan out. Make sure you give us a review and a rating, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next show.